Welcome back to the podcast. This week's Talking Points live show was a bit of a special one. Obviously, a massive grand final preview show went live once again on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you go like, subscribe there so you don't miss out on our live shows. But we also had two massive guests, Olivia Higgins, Newcastle Knights hooker, uh, playing obviously on Sunday. So it was good to ask her some questions about um, the week that is and, and the plans uh, for the grand final for the Newcastle Knights. And then we also had Trent Hodkinson come on and talk about his um, experiences with playing with obviously the Bulldogs in a grand final team, that the week's build up, things like that as well. So make sure you go watch uh, the first part of it is focused on the NRLW side of things. And then after about 20, 25 minutes, we do talk to Trent and start talking about the NRL, uh, NRL um, actual grand final as well. So go ahead and make sure you give it a listen. Really appreciate it. However you're listening, uh, whether it's a podcast later on, if it's live, really appreciate the viewership. Uh, please, massive episode, grand final preview, obviously, for both the NRL and the NRL. I've uh, got two massive special guests uh, coming on to the show as well uh, that everyone w- will know. Uh, one of the current stars, Olivia Higgins from the Newcastle Knights, uh, the hooker, and then obviously Trent Hodkinson as well. Uh, a lot of people remember him from helping us New South Wales supporters finally drown out the Queenslanders uh, with that special magic try that he scored at uh, Allianz, oh, sorry, ANZ Stadium. Uh, it was fantastic uh, scenes. I remember being there, but uh, great to have you both on board. Olivia, we're going to start with you first. Obviously, you've got the NRL, uh, NRW Grand Final this weekend with the Newcastle Knights. And I just want to, first of all, take you back to the last week and the fact that you got to play in front of a record crowd um, at home, just how far the women's game has come. Do you women realise the effect you're currently having on this competition and, and the growth that it's, um, that it's got, uh, it must be so special to run out and see that blue and red packed stadium. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty surreal. It's definitely the biggest crowd, like standalone crowd, obviously, that I've played in front of. But I think um, obviously we love playing before the boys, but to run out knowing that the people are there to watch you is definitely different. And I think what I love most is there are so many like dads there with their daughters. And um, I just think that's really nice to see that these girls, you know, coming through can watch rugby league, but watch the girls play. I know Kirk Gidley takes his daughter and and she prefers to go and watch the girls now. And I just think that's really, yeah, it's amazing. And it's um, come so far in such a short period of time, which is really cool because I think in a few years it's only obviously going to grow a lot more and I think they're talking about a couple more teams coming in by 2025. So, yeah, it's exciting for the game. It's massive and I know Adam wants to take over here. So just let the viewers know when they are watching, please send your questions in as well. We will get to them as we're talking. And uh, Olivia will be with us uh, for a short amount of time uh, first. So we'll get focused on the NRLW side of things. Then we'll switch over and speak about the NRL side of things as well. So Adam, I know you've got a few questions lined up. Before before yeah, Adam does jump in here and, and put the <laughs> grill, um, just to, I want to comment on the crowd because I was I was one of the the twelve thousand that were there, and I was talking to my dad. Him and I are members. We go to every game, and to look around and see that the crowd was about eighty percent girls, aging from anywhere from six up to mm. early twenties. It was outstanding. Um, I just I hope you realize, and I think it sounds like you do, that you have such an influence on the area, but also yeah. young girls that play rugby league. I'm a primary school teacher. And I'm seeing these effects on the playground as well. We're getting so many girls that want to play rugby league and play touch footy down on the oval and they are 
pretending to be players from the NRLW. The amount of times I hear Tamika Upton's name called out when they're playing is amazing. So I just, I hope you know how influential you're being at the moment and, um, and how cool that is. So I know you commented on it, but just to say, like to look around and see that crowd, it was, it was really cool. I know you mentioned dads, but there was so, so many young girls there watching you guys play. Yeah, there was. It. It's definitely, yeah, it's very surreal. And I'm a school teacher as well. And I, it's so funny. Like I look around, I see so many of my students in the crowd and the young girls, like the teenage girls. And I just love that, that they're there to watch us. But yeah, it, it still hasn't really sunk in. But um, I'll never forget that, like playing on Sunday and what that felt like running out um, to that many people and just so many Newcastle supporters. And if any Newcastle supporters are watching, we appreciate their support so much like it's definitely the best club to play for here here i know adam's slowly <laughs> burning up but just quickly before adam takes <laughs> off and i'll tell you i'll warn you about one thing adam does not like positive newcastle talk so who knows what he'll come but trent just quickly obviously you've played in the big stage before even before obviously the women's nrlw uh, was around what is the sort of impact you've noticed um, being out and about with the nrl working that the women's game has had yeah, uh, mate, it's huge. I, I, I'm a massive fan of the, the women's game. Um, I just think um, at times the, the men's game can get so structured. I think I, I think just watching the women's game, it's just they're just playing footy, unstructured footy, and there's a lot of talent getting around, and it's good to see. Um, and, you know, we touched on schools before where I'm doing a bit of community work with the schools now, and, you know, every time I go out there, there's girls there that are showing up, the, the young boys now, so... Um, it's it's awesome to see. It's great for the game. I'm so happy that, um, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger each year because, as I said, I'm a massive fan and, um, you know, at the crowd out at Newcastle, um, you know, and the crowd that are following the women's game now is unbelievable. So it's good to see it growing. Go on, Adam. Take off. <laughs> no, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. Look, I, I want to give her a wrap, first of all. Um, one thing that's probably flown under the radar with all this talk of nights going back-to-back Liv, how many grand finals is this in a row? I'll let you have your moment. How many grand finals in a row are you looking for yourself personally? Come on. Three. Three. So she's look, actually looking for three comps in a row. Obviously, one with the Roosters um, and two with the Knights. So, obviously, that's a massive achievement. But, look, I want to talk. Let's let's go back into the life of Liv Higgins, first of all. Um, do you want to tell people how old you were when you actually started playing footy or what year it was even? Yeah, I'm a late bloomer. So, I started in 2019. And I didn't really I didn't play any footy prior to that so it's been very quick short but quick I was 29 I debuted last year because we had the double comp last year so I was 29 like I'm 31 now and I was 29 when I debuted so yes very old but um what made me get into it I just grew up in a footy family my dad and my brothers are so invested in it my pop was as well and then I used to go to the games and always like had a love for it but couldn't play and it wasn't even an option for me to play because I couldn't see it so I never really thought about it um so I actually weirdly grew up playing tennis and then it wasn't until like yeah 2019 I just went to a nines tournament and then it kind of went off took off from there so it was very quick yeah obviously knowing the Higgins family just from Newcastle area it's pretty much a name like Likely have touched on it. Dad was obviously a pretty good player back in his day. What he played country rep, Newcastle rep, a bit of everything. So, yeah, um, obviously, yeah, the Knights pretty, pretty handy coach as well. 
yeah, before the Knights, obviously country football was a lot bigger. Um, a lot of people got opportunities to go to Sydney and knocked them back and stuff like that. They chose to stick into the country. But look, I first saw Olivia in 2017 playing league tag um, and obviously being involved in coaching there. And that was your first real real into footy, wasn't it? Like your first games of footy were that. Obviously probably played some touch or something before. But yeah. I just remember a coaching Olivia coming to me and saying, I, I can't do this. I, I remember exactly what it was. I remember it was you couldn't pass from one side for dummy half. Can you teach me? And I reckon after about three goes, she'd absolutely nailed it better than my left to right. So I was, you know, straight away I was filthy. So I kind of knew then you obviously wanted some pretty good things. But um, look, one of the things I want to touch on quickly is who do you think has been the most influential person on your career um, throughout your footy? I said, obviously, you know, you've come from that fan with your brothers being quite good footballers and your father. Anyone like that or someone else? No, I would say my dad, I think, definitely. Just because of what I've been able to see. Like he coached us in league tag as well. And I think just how positive he's been for me through the last few years. And um, just, yeah, I've just loved um, being – I've even watched some of his coaching sessions and when he was like – coaching them my brother's coming through but yeah I would definitely say dad and I love that he taught us to be so competitive I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but growing up like he always competed for everything and he made us compete for everything like there was never we'd play a muck around game or something and it always turned into a competition and I love that so that that's definitely come from him and yeah I think he's been the most influential on my career for sure. Trust me, I, I definitely got that competitive. I remember having a disagreement with him and your sister on the sideline when coaching Newcastle <laughs> <laughs> one day. Um, just one more thing I'll ask. Adam yeah, having arguments, that. unheard of. That would have definitely Look, been your fault, by the way. Yeah, 100% would have. 100% would have. <laughs> she knows me well. Um, yeah. One more thing. Uh, actually, I've got two more questions. Just first of all, the week. Um, talk us through what it's like, obviously, prepping for the week of training. Um, obviously, you know, media engagements and stuff like that. And do you do the grand final breakfast and stuff? Do you stay in Sydney? What's the plans? Yeah, so we had yesterday off. And then today we did like a, the people of Newcastle could come and watch our training session. And then we just had recovery this afternoon. And then tomorrow's off. And then training on Thursday. And we head to Sydney Friday morning and I think the um, NRLW event thing is like Friday afternoon at about four o'clock. So captains run then on Saturday and then we play Sunday. So it's actually not as hectic as people think. It's not too bad and our training load's pretty light really. Cool. Is that more mental this, this time of year? Yeah, I think so. Like it's definitely more kind of review and then um, – yeah, just making sure that our bodies are refreshed and ready to go rather than, yeah, put us through anything gruelling. Um, I know Thursday we'll kind of just be touching on what we can improve in attack, I'd say, and just tightening up, like, defensive stuff. But it's it won't be too full on. I, I want to ask you one more question about last week's game. Before I ask about that, we've got one of our regulars, Andrew, asked a question. And I think I actually think it's quite a a good question to ask about the NRLW this year. Do you feel like the Matildas hype has helped the NRL game, uh, NRLW game this year with a lot more people looking into the women's side of sport? Yeah, definitely. I think the Matildas was just unreal for women's sport in general. Like we, there was one game, I think Matildas had just won, uh, it was a penalty shootout, but I forget what, was that the quarterfinal it was, wasn't it? Yeah. 
they yeah. just yeah. won that and our coach spoke about that. Yeah, they spoke about that before we actually ran out and played. And he just said, like, it's so crazy and it's such a good time to be part of women's sport because it's just taking off. And I think, um, yeah, I watched every – I'm not a soccer fan at all and I watched every Matilda's game. So, yeah, I think it's been really good and that was, yeah, a great a great moment for women's sport in Australia. That's awesome. I think it was hard to we, escape we always... the life of the Matildas. They were – that was outstanding. That took over the nation. Um, yeah, and again, and back that, on a school yeah. level, seeing that hit the playground. And I know I decorated my classroom for all of the final series. Uh, it was we had posters up on the wall of all the players. It it was it was great. It feels like there's a lot more people yeah watching NRLW compared to even the end of last year. Like it, you can feel it. So it's it's great. I, I want to get taken inside the four walls after last weekend and we know this time of year even with a victory there's always things to to critique or be a little bit uh, critical of and there's always questions you you conceded 24 points against the Broncos and sort of led them back into the contest towards the back end of that game was that something that was spoken about uh, afterwards once the the celebrations had calmed down and you sort of looked into this week's yeah a little bit we just I think could recognize it even before anything was even said by a coach that we need to play 70 minutes. I think the whole season we've been, you know, we either start really fast and finish pretty bad or we do the opposite and we, um, yeah, give up a lead. Or So I think, yeah, we've spoken about it as a playing group that we need to play for the whole 70 minutes. And um, we knew that playing the Broncos as well, that if we didn't start fast, that they'd probably beat us because they are a very good team. And, I was actually so nervous coming into that game because I know how unpredictable they are, to be honest. So, and I think a few of the girls felt like that. Um, so when we did get off to that that start, it was yeah disappointing that we did it did go down to the wire like that because I think it was only Jesse Southwell's boot that got us over in the end, which is just not good enough when we had a lead like that. And we can't do that against the Titans because they're too good defensively. Touching on conversions, it's been a gripe of mine all season, uh, as the boys can attest to. And Trent, I never had that problem with you. You're an ace. Uh, so <laughs> well done. Um, but Jessie icing games, we forget how young she is. Like, what is what does she like to play with? I, I, I love watching her play. She just, she's so free uh, with yep. her movements and just her decision making. For such a young person, she's outstanding. What What's it like to play alongside her? She's... She's a little bit of a psycho, Jessie, but it's good. Like she'll she'll boss everybody around. She's what you need as a half. I think she's very good in how she controls things. But um, she's just very calm in moments like that. Like if she has to seal a game or kick the goal like she did, um, she does it with ease. But then there's other periods within a game where she does not lose her head, but she's so competitive or she gets so angry that she will say things and she's like, sorry, didn't mean that, like, you know, whatever. But what we know whatever happens on the field stays on the field um but she's unreal to play with like I cannot believe she was only 18 in February like how she plays is just well above her years and she's only going to get better and she's um yeah she's a huge talent that's for sure yeah I can't believe she wasn't 18 at once she's grand final celebrations that's just shocking (laughs) yeah she missed out she's 17 (laughs) she was having solos Adam she was having solos Solos, very well behaved Not hard solos either. (laughs) I I want to ask about, uh, we've seen partnerships with premiership winning sides in the past and the importance of 
having the two sort of number nines and obviously you're working in tandem at the moment with uh, Nita Maynard and she comes on and adds that extra little bit of energy when I guess the opposition's getting a bit tired and things like that. How are you finding that partnership and how's it uh, with the combination with her at the moment? Yeah, I love having her in the team because she's older than me as well. So I'm not the oldest, which is good. Um, but she's just got so much experience and I actually just love love playing with her. She's got a lot of energy and when she kind of comes on, I move into the, the lock, like ball playing lock position, I guess. And she's, um, yeah, she's great to play with. So I've been able to be on the field with her as well. And for someone of her size, she's, um, yeah, she's pretty good. Like she'll, she'll throw a body in there and yeah, she's been great to play with. I think she's had a bit of bad luck at other clubs, but she seems to be really enjoying Newcastle. So it's good to, yeah, we're lucky to have her. Us Eels fans miss her. I know that much, Adam. <laughs> I'm on this team on that <laughs> and touching on the club. Um, what do you put the winning formula down to? Is it club culture? Is it the coach? Is it the, the girls gelling? What, why do you think that the, the Knights are so strong at the moment? What's, what's happening inside there? I just think it's a good mix. It's a good culture. I think we hold each other accountable a lot. Um, if someone's not buying into the culture, then they're made well aware of that. And um, I think any new girls that come into the, like we we had a 50% turnover this year from last year. We lost a lot of big players. So it hasn't been as easy as it probably looks. And our coach is, he's massive on connection and making sure that we have enough time with one another to get to know each other so that, you know, that shows on the field. But I actually think it's just we all love going to training. We love being around each other. And our club, they pretty they look after us really really well um they're proud of us and they do you know things exactly the same for us as they do for the boys team so I think everyone just loves playing and and playing for Newcastle one question I've got for you obviously you know I know Ronnie pretty well has has Ronnie ever given you a spray has he ever given you a blah because as you said earlier he seems to deliver his messages pretty well I want to know if he's given you a personal spray or just given the team a spray in general oh he even when he like gives us a spray though, it's like articulated so well. Like it's like he just has a speech written every single time he talks. Like he's really very good at with his words. But yeah, there's not necessarily yelling, but he he has said things that you know you know you just know. I feel like you look at him and you just know he's off here, or you know that he's not happy. Um, but his sprays is more like go into his office, he'll sit you down, and he'll be like, "You need to be better at this, 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 this," and I need to see this next week kind of thing, which is good. I think that's what we need as players for sure to improve if you, yeah. I feel like he studies all the sports movies before he actually goes into a conversation. This has it ready to go in the back of his head. So um, oh, do you want to go to some of the viewers' questions? No, he's a like a, a motivational video or a, a quote or something. Yeah. He yeah. loves it. <laughs> he has Believe written at the top of the uh, the change room. You tap it as you walk out. Bit of Ted Lasso. <laughs> Literally, he loves it. Yeah. I will get into some viewer questions, but first I just want to quickly touch on this week's game, obviously, then. And um, just talk about the opposition first, the Titans, who I think caused a massive boil over. Not many people probably seen it coming, beating the Roosters last week, who so many um, experts, not myself, I'll put my hand up and said I've been on you girls for quite some time now. I think you girls are really warming into this competition as the weeks go. I know you said you haven't put together a 70-minute performance yet, but... I just feel like each week your performance as a team gets better and better still, which is is great to see. First of all, you, 
straight after the game, did you girls go ahead and watch that game as much as you could? Was there sort of like a team meeting around it or it was sort of a, we'll just get back and we don't mind who we verse that, that cliche and we'll just get the job done? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't did get you a watch chance. the Formula One highlights like we did? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. No, we didn't get to. By the time we actually got into the sheds and um, we had our families all in there and stuff, the game, I think it was like halfway into the second half. But we didn't really care who we played. I know that does sound cliche, but we actually didn't because I think yeah. both of them are really good sides. So it, it I feel like a grand final is different anyway, regardless of how teams played previously. Um yeah, we we didn't mind. I just thought it was interesting, like, the Titans could keep the Roosters to zero. Like, they're one of the best attacking teams in the comp, so we know what we're up against. And then defensively, I think, yeah, they're by far the benchmark. Yeah, their defensive – that defensive outfit was sort of how they started the year as well. They were really, really good defensively for those first few weeks, and – I think a little bit of fatigue setting, but they're back to that, um, which is probably a scary thing for you guys. But you've got some class attacking weapons with yourself there as well to, to break that down. Just with their go for as well, because obviously you're in the middle. They've got some real big firepower weapons in the middle with Shannon Mato and Jessica uh, Elliston as well, who are on fire, I feel like, at the moment. Is there any sort of special messages about how to sort of get one up on those two girls? Because they're sort of the leaders of the Titans pack at the moment. Yeah, we, to be honest, we haven't really thought about it, but I think what separate uh, the Titans are just a fit team. Like their their middles are just really fit. Like Shannon Marto runs like two hundred plus meters a game sometimes, and her tackle count's massive. So, and then you've got Georgia Hale in the mix as well, who's the fittest lock, fittest forward in the whole competition. And obviously, playing them in thirty five degree heat this weekend, it's going to be really, really hard. But I think for us, we just need to stay in the grind early. I I feel like the first 20 minutes is always the hardest and that if we can get through that, I think that, yeah, we do have some sensational attacking weapons and hopefully we can break through their line. But, yeah, we don't have really a plan for any particular player. We just know it's going to be really hard in the middle. And I think they've got, like, a really good balance. Like, what, like, Steph Hancock's 41, but she's still killing it. And then you've got the youngest players just turned 18. So they've got a whole big mixture of ability and playing age and experience there. And Brittany Braley at nine is really good as well. So, yeah, it's going to be um, – they've got strike across the park, so we know that and we'll prepare for that. A couple of fan questions, then we've got to let you go and uh, get through some of these quickly. So, uh, Damo just wants to know, what's been your personal uh, best game since joining the Knights last year? Any, any game that sticks out? Um. Not really last year. I think last year was my best season. I'd come back from a, a pretty big injury and I just, yeah, wasn't as fit as I probably should have been. But I don't know, maybe the Tigers game recently or I don't know. I don't really stand out at all, to be honest. I just try to do my job and I try to do my role good every single week. So I think just being consistent. But um, maybe this weekend might be my best. Who knows? Come on. Yeah, you're for the big star. dance. I love that. Is that uh, your first ever first try in the game? First try scorer? Is that the first time you've been first try scorer? First try scorer? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Adam wanted to know what you were paying. 
Yeah, I've been paying a bit. We're not talking about. We're not talking about. I just wish I got on it. Is what I'll say. Got a got a nice little question here. Got a nice little question here from Ebony Morris. Um, Olivia is the most kind-hearted and amazing woman. She always takes time out to make sure she says hello to all her fans. She is one in a million. Liv, what is your best achievement to date? Oh, um, oh gosh, like footy-wise, is that yeah? Oh, I mean, you can take it anywhere you want. I'd comp if you wanted to, but you know, it could be up to you. <laughs> <laughs> Not meeting Adam Martin, that's for sure. Yeah, no, <laughs> probably. I would say last year's grand final, like to win for Newcastle and have you having grown up here and be the first ever Newcastle team to like for the girls to win that. I think that's really special. So yeah, I would say that. And I think how we did it was pretty cool as well. I'll tell you what, it was special for the town. It was special for the town as well. We were going through some pretty dry periods as night supporters. So for you guys to to go all the way and and do that, it was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I I think that was I didn't believe it was very special, to be honest. Um, I thought it was a terrible day out for all the people in the Premier League. Um, but at least they think of the positive this year. If there'll be no idiot walking in with the drum um, three minutes into the game. So hitting the crap out of the drum when you're playing against them. So. Uh, I forgot. That was you, wasn't it? Yes. It was definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> I like this question here, John. I'll read this one quickly. Um, this is from Alison. Hey, Olivia. I just started my women's rugby league comp for Opens for Mudgy Dragons. Any advice? I had my first game on the weekend. Oh, um, just to probably a bit cliche, but probably just to enjoy it and I guess be a sponge and try to learn as much as you can from people that know all about footy and listen to your coach. And um, yeah, I think for me, that's something that I just try to absorb anything and learn so many different things and. Um, yeah, just have fun. I think when you are having fun and you're enjoying it, that's when you play confidently. So, yeah, that would be my advice. Perfect. We will let you go. I know you need to go and prepare and there's a few days out now and just get everything right. Uh, we really do appreciate you coming on. Boys, do we want to do our predictions while we have live on at the moment or do we want to let it go? <laughs> and we will... I don't know what Adam's going to say. So I'd, I'd, happily, I'd happily give my predictions. Yeah, you can do your All predictions. Right, let's, let's, do do All right, let's do them. Go on, Adam. No, I'm not going first. I'll go last. <laughs> right. Trent, do you right, have some for the NRLW? Yeah, go on, Trent. Yeah, yeah I do, mate. I do. Um, Come on. Obviously, the Knights, 22-12, I reckon. 10-point mm. margin. Um, I reckon Jasmine Strange for first try scorer. And we'll talk about it before. Jesse Southwell, I reckon, for... Um, Man of the match, I reckon she'll have a big game. Um, yeah. I just think what Liv was saying before, she's um, she's pretty calm in those moments where you need, um, you know, a calm head in the, something like a grand final, a big game. I know she's been there and um, they'll be looking, her team will be looking for her to sort of lead them around the pack and, um, yeah, keep that calm head on. And I think um, I think she'll have a big game for them. Yeah, go on, Jez, you can go. Well... Knights win, uh, obviously. Um, I like the ten point margin. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go thirty two twenty two. It's going to be a high scoring affair. 
Um, I've got Sheridan Gallagher as first try scorer. Is it true that she used to play for the Matildas? Yeah, she did. She was actually captain of the young Matildas. So she actually was goal kicking for us when Jessie went off against the Tigers, and you can tell she's a soccer player. She yep, she, she was strikes the ball very well off the tee. Yeah, so she Even come um, with, some of her kickoffs um, are pretty yeah pretty, um, interesting as well. The way she yeah. hits the ball. So I think she was playing for Sydney FC, and then she <clears throat> was that yeah that's what they called. And then she played two games a league in the state comp and a heap of NRLW coaches were like, who is that girl? So yeah, she's pretty talented. She's only, I think she played two games prior to debuting this year. Yeah. Wow. Well, she's my first try scorer and I've got Tamika Upton as the player of the match. I think she's just going to go to that next level. She's been outstanding all year, but she's, She's going to do something spectacular. Spectacular. You just watch. Yeah. Okay. You just feed her I'll the ball, Liv. That's what you got to do. You just feed her the ball. <laughs> do something. Well, Liv, just, Liv just goes and dummy half. She did it last week. Don't don't take away from it. Um, yeah, I'll let Adam go last. Well. <laughs> I'll let Adam go last. So me and Trent, I think Trent's had a look at my notes or something because they've gone awfully close. Uh, I've got the Knights 22 to 10. Uh, I'm going to stick to my guns. I've been on the Knights for quite a while now, even when everyone was in love with the Roosters. I said, no, watch these Knights girls. They're on fire. Um, first try, I've gone Jasmine Strange as well. Sorry, no, I've gone Liv, obviously, uh, for the first try. And I've gone Liv for the, for the player of the match, the Karen Murphy medal as well. No, I'll give, the, I'll give my unfavorite uh, pick as well. Jasmine Strange, first try. And I've gone Smeaker Upton, who I think has as same as with the Knights this year, I think she's just building perfectly into this season and has saved her best for last. Some of the tries and some of the plays she's put on the last couple of weeks has just been phenomenal. And I tell everyone, if they haven't watched NRLW before, if they've been living under a rock, make sure you're watching a Newcastle game because the things that she's coming up with lately, week to week, I, I'd love to ask Liv a bit more about it, but I don't want to push it for time. But it'd just be phenomenal to be around and to watch how she is as just an athlete and what she does. Like we've seen those freak athletes in the past and how much they can just build the team. That's just to make her, I feel like all over. Yeah. I, I think though with that, with Tamika though, she withdrew from the world cup because she was having a few niggles and she couldn't get her body right. And she, what people wouldn't realize she had a massive off season. She put on some size. She was changed her whole gym program. Like she's put in so much work to be, playing the way she is like she didn't have a kicking game and she wanted to improve defensively and she's done all of that in the off season so credit to her like she's done that on her own and she's um yeah I think it's so exciting that now the game can see what she's capable of so she, well, we already knew but she's just getting better she's gone to another level that's a great mind frame as well because everyone had her probably as the best player of the in the comp last year the, the fact she wants to continue to improve is great Adam go on because everyone knows um, I'm not a Knights fan um, at all, but <laughs> I, it must have been about four or five four or five weeks ago. I actually gave the Titans a wrap um, and said that I thought they'd be playing in a grand final. So the fact they've done, I'm impressed. Um, I can't do it. I was a jerk last year and I was torn last year because I, I kind of said to Liv, I didn't know who I was going to support with Paramount. I didn't expect Paramount to be in a grand final last year, so I won't do it to it this year. I'll support the Knights this year. Um, it's probably the only time I'm ever going to support the Knights, but. As we've said, they're obviously very good. You'll take it, yeah. You're not going to get me in a jersey. This is the closest you're going to get. Uh, <laughs> we'll try. Yeah, I've got we'll it recorded. Try. Yeah. But, look, um, 
as Liv said, it's going to be obviously a low-scoring game defensively, I think, because of how defensively solid the Titans are. So I'm actually going to go 10-6 to Newcastle. Um, very low-scoring. Um, I've actually gone Yasmin Clarsdale to score the first try. And my player of the match, given the fact that I think it's going to be so low-scoring, it's going to be played through the middle, um, and the fact that I think forwards just deserve more recognitions. Um, the backs get all the recognitions. And don't live. It's not you. Don't get you. Uh, I'm going to go Caitlin <laughs> Taylor Johnson. Um, I, I reckon she's a yeah a roughie. I reckon she's yeah. due to explode. Um, for those that are able to punt, she's obviously seeing it's a pretty good odds as well. So, again, responsibly, <laughs> Caitlin Johnson is is my one. Yeah. <laughs> Liv, uh, thank you very much. I know we're taking up way too much of your time. Go and get some rest. Uh, if we can, we'd love to get you on in the off season and have a bit more of a chat about your career and. How, how things have been in the women's game, watching it grow. Uh, that'd be awesome to have. But, you know, a lot of people in the comments have so many more questions for you. So, yeah, as I said, perfect time in the off-season to chat. But good luck on the weekend. We'll be watching. We'll be cheering for you. Up the Newcastle Knights, and you've you've given us a piece of history. You've made Adam say go the Knights. He's going for the Knights. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> please, didn't please say go that. I didn't say that. Unfortunately, I don't have that <laughs> Please go for the Knights. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's all good. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. See you guys. See ya. See you later. All righty. That was fantastic. Bit of um, piece of history for us here at League of Inches as well. Getting the interview. Uh, a player warming up for uh, her grand final this weekend. But now let's focus our attention to the NRL side of things. Obviously a massive game. The Penrith Panthers versus the Brisbane Broncos. Who I don't think there's anyone who follows the game can't say this is probably the grand final that was we were waiting to see basically the two best teams all year um finally got there at the big dance and i think this is what a grand final should be all about the two best teams get there get the jobs done their prelim form was ridiculous they put both teams uh to pasture really uh trent let's get you a bit more involved here and focus on a bit more for you i want to ask you a few questions here you've obviously been involved with the grand final um side of things with the bulldogs and uh, I just want to know what the week is like. We did hear just before from Liv what, how she's going through with the women's. It's still getting to that stage that the men's have been like, I think. So they're still building uh, how busy yeah. it can be and how crazy it can be media-wise and things like that. What's it like mm. for the men's side of things and your build-up uh, for that week that you had it? Yeah, mate, it was um, going back a little bit now, what, 2014, so nine years ago or whatever. But it was a um, – it was a big week, eh? It was um, it was awesome. It was very enjoyable. Um, you can imagine the, the main street of Belmore was going pretty ballistic, mate. Um, yeah. Talking about drums before, Adam, you're on the drums. <laughs> you had about 10,000 drums going in the, the main street. Um, but it was good. The the the, um, the region like Belmore embraced it. Um, we were training out of Belmore there. We had the fans. It was packed. Um, we had the breakfast, the NRL breakfast. So there was a lot of things going on and it wasn't probably until later on in the week you could start to focus on the game. Early in the week was quite busy, but, um, you know, the back end of the week was where you could sort of taper down and start to, you know, focus on the game and um, and go from there. But looking back at it now, it went so fast, hey. I wish I had just sat back and, and taken it all in a bit bit better, but uh, it, was, it was a great experience. It was um, very enjoyable and... You know, the circumstances that, you know, we got to the grand final that made it a bit more special, you know. I think we we went down to Melbourne in that first final, played them down there and, and got the win, come back and played Mel, uh, Manly, got them in golden point. 
and then we had to knock off Penrith, who who beat uh, the Roosters in an upset in the prelim to get in. Had a chance to to you know win the grand final against the Rabbitohs. Um, yeah, it was a great week. Unreal. Something I'll um something I'll uh, yeah. When when the grand finals come up, it's definitely a special place, uh, special feeling for sure because it, it brings back all those memories. Probably the time you miss it the most as well. Um, this this week is obviously massive. And uh, just one quick question that has come in before we get a bit more involved uh, with your career. Post footy side of things, there's a few people here that have mentioned to you. Are you interested in coaching the coaching side of things? Yep, uh, for sure. Um, I took a took a bit of time away from the game after I finished. I went back and and ticked off a few things that I felt those was, was pretty important to me. Um, but I do. I'm about to get back into the scene, the footy scene up here. I've just recently moved to Queensland, so I'm in enemy territory, and um, I'm going to be uh, going to be jumping on board and doing some some stuff uh, up in the region of Rockhampton um, for the Dolphins here, and uh, I'm going to jump on board with the Capras as well, which is pretty good in the in the in the coaching role. So um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's something that I definitely want to um, want to get right into, and it's a goal of mine down the track, but. You know, I'm just happy to get back involved in the game and um, yeah, get amongst it again. Yeah, Jez, obviously a massive Knights fan. Got a question? I do. Um, it is a Knights-based question. <clears throat> uh, I know that I was I was pretty thrilled when you signed for the Knights, uh, coming off the back of some of the things that you'd done in your career. I know mm. it probably wasn't probably wasn't the a highlight. Or like, what I'm trying to say is, I know there were some dramas and stuff that did happen. Um, but my, my main question is, is there a stigma around the halfback or the number seven at Newcastle post Andrew Johns? So you going into that role, do you mm-hmm. feel added pressure or like, can you just talk a little bit about what it's like playing? Cause as a, as a boy from the, the area, it was yep. my dream. I dreamt yep. about being the number seven for Newcastle growing up watching Andrew Johns play. So I'm assuming there's a stigma there, but what is it like as a player actually pulling on that jersey representing Newcastle? Yeah, it was, mate, it was, I was, when I signed with Newcastle, I was very excited because um, how much I love their footy up there. And, you know, you got one uh, one team in that town there and um, they're very passionate fans. And, mate, I, um, as soon as I got up there, I felt embraced. It was, um, yeah, it was. I felt very comfortable from the get go. Not only from the players and the and the staff, um, but from the town. And yeah, it was still some difficult times up there. I was going through a rebuilding phase at the time, so I guess my timing up there. You know, I'd, I would have liked to go up there at a at a time where you know we um a bit more settled. Um, but mate, to be honest with you, I didn't overly think about the whole number seven jersey in regards to that stigma. To be fair, um. Um, yes, you know, Joey has wore the seven and, um, you know, it's famous jersey. No one will ever replicate that. But um, I was just looking forward to getting uh, on board with my new club and, and trying to do the best I could for the team. Um, so, mate, I, I embraced it. I loved it. I love wearing the, the, the Newcastle colours. I, um, As I said, mate, the town was unreal. The, I love I love living in the city. Um, you know, it was. you just feel like a... a you know, a country town in a way um, outside of Sydney, and the traffic's nowhere near as um, as crazy, which is good. But um, yeah, I really, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and 
Um, but to answer your question, mate, I just I, I threw on the seven jersey. Yes, I knew the history, and yes, I knew the player that come before and and the players. But um, mate, I um I embrace it, and I really enjoyed enjoyed um you know that responsibility of, of putting on that jersey. I love it. Love Adam, it, love it, love it. before Great your answer. before you're sick, um, I know you want to take us away from Newcastle talk. You've had enough of it. Take take, oh. take us somewhere else. That's killing me. That's killing me. That's all I'll do. I promise. Oh, look, Apart from I, asking I, I, for a jersey, that's all I'll do. I feel for Trent. Um, obviously, that time he was at Newcastle was just a hard time for football in the area. Um, had a lot of young players coming through and a lot of gifted players that, look, Trent, if you, you don't know me well, but what I will say is I'm not afraid of controversy. And what I'll say is that I think the club should have stuck with some of those players and they probably shit on them a little bit too much. Um, and I'll say that now based around Brock Lamb. Um, Brock yeah. Lamb was brought through. Obviously, he plays at Maitland now, which is my local club, and mm-hmm. they shit on him. They, they did nothing but shit on him after bringing him through. And I thought he was starting to play some of his best footy alongside you in that 2017 season. Um, yeah. And, you know, I remember his carving Parramatta up. Parramatta was in the top four. I thought, this is Brock's breakout game. And then we all know the infamous Lamb Schenk at Belmore Oval there, as it's referred to. And after that, he was yeah. kind of moved on. And, you know, it's a shame what happened, obviously, to some players there and a lot of other young players. But I'm going to ask you the hard question. Um, look, you've obviously yeah. been... A few different clubs. You're Paramount Junior. Um, yep. Obviously, I think you did. You win a comp Paramount New South Wales Cup there in 2009. Were you in that part of that squad? Or I was a part of it. Yeah, yeah, I was a part of that squad. Played a few games. Didn't play in the GF. I think we played. Yeah, but I, I played maybe the semi or yeah, a few games leading up to it. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I went through like that pretty dominant New South Wales Cup. And obviously, at Manly started your career. At Manly finished at Manly. I think you played obviously your best footy. Had the most opportunity. The dogs. Where do your loyalties lie? When you look back at yeah. your career, where do you declare yourself a player of? Like, if you're going to go to one um, of the for the rest of your life, which one is it? Yeah, Great mate. Uh, it, it'd have to be the, the Bulldogs, mate, to be honest with you. As you said, I had um, I, I spent most of my time there and I had most – like I, I felt as though I played my best footy there. Um, and, you know, I got to play in the grand final there. I was injured in the 12 grand final, but I got to play in the 2014 grand final and, and represent, you know, New South Wales whilst I was at the Bulldogs. So I um if anyone asks now and they go, Who do you support? I go, look, if I have to pick, you know, it'd be the dogs because that's where, you know, that's just where I spent most of my time and where I felt felt most comfortable. And the boys there too, you know, we spent we had a, a really good crew there. Every every I've gone to we've had, you know, good um good core groups of guys and but the one at the dogs is pretty special, mate. Um when you look back at it now and you see the team that we had, um you scratch your head and you go, mate. We should have won at least one of those those GFs, you know. Um, but like um, like Liv said um, earlier on the show, anyone can win on the day. Um, 2014, we played South Sydney and we beat them Easter Friday. I think it was by one point. So um, you know they got us on Grand Final day, and it is what it is. That's what happens. A eh? Grand Final, anyone can win. That's the exciting part about it. And having the two teams that are going in. Uh, this weekend in, in Brisbane and Penrith, the two best sides of the year. Uh, as a fan and as a supporter, that's what you want to see. So I'm excited about it. One more little question, because I've been to that main street of Belmore. I did some work there, um, worked for the railway, and they based their courses out of there. So yeah. walking down that main street of Belmore, you get a vibe of obviously the Bulldogs culture. Um, I remember they played Parramatta in a game. Oh, I, I don't think you would have been at the Dogs then, but they absolutely killed us at of course, Stadium ANZ, but what do you miss most about Belmore and the Bulldogs? And look, if you don't say the Lebanese chicken space shop down the bottom of the street, then I reckon you're lying <laughs> to me because I know you've been there. 
That'll be there plenty of times. What's that other joint too? I don't know if it's in Belmore, but it's close by Wafi. We used to smash those wraps and we'd get an extra garlic sauce and we'd come back and do weight sessions. Yeah, 100%. The whole gym would smell like garlic. Um, Literally, I'm, I'm, I'm going to paint the picture for everyone here before Trent goes into yeah. it. You go to this chicken yeah. place, they give you a flattened Lebanese chicken, they give you chips, they give you garlic sauce, they give you some kind of salad that you're not phased about, and they give you like the pita bread. And you sit there yeah. and make your own chicken. I was there for six and a half weeks. I reckon I put about seven kilos on. It's dangerous <laughs> that place. I, I don't know how, only how professional footballers can hang around in Belmore. It's dangerous. But yeah, anyway, touch on it. Big Sam Castellano threw back a couple in break. Don't worry about that. Lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, he had to come back and do cardio and it didn't sit too well. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, look, the um, yeah, the entire – like, Belmore was great, mate. They had had some passionate fans. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, Joe Bell's Cafe on the corner, she looked after us. So, you know, we, had, we spent plenty of coffees and pl- plenty of lunches there. So, um, no, nah, there were some good times there for sure. Do you feel for that? Just club touching on that. Yeah. Sorry, Joel. Just just touching on Canterbury. What's your thoughts on suburban grounds compared to playing at big stadiums? I know that we've we've gone on a, on a little bit of a tangent here about crowd figures, and especially during semi final time. Yeah. Um, you're about to ask this, but I I love watching suburban grounds on television. What's it like playing there as as a player? Yeah, I love I've loved playing at them too. Like we. Don't get me wrong, I love a big crowd and I've played in, in, in front of some big crowds. Um, you know, Suncorp 52,000 sellout um, sounds, you know, crazier and louder than a sellout, you know, 80-odd at ANZ, to be honest with you, just the style of the stadium. But I've played in, in front of 90-odd thousand at the MCG um, sellout too when we went down there, uh, State of Origin 2015. So, but... You know, the ones that stick with me is going back to Belmont and getting 16,000 sellout. Like, it just there's something different about those suburban grounds that um, it makes, you, makes it special. It just brings back the old school um, rugby league that we all grew up watching, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, they've gone away from it. I know there's money things that your teams get paid to go and play out of, you know, bigger stadiums. And there's a transport, a public transport and, you know, the council with the suburban, like Belmore used to get packed and cars up on up on the, the gutters and everything and the locals, you know. But, mate, for me, I love playing at um, suburban stadiums. Like, And I know the, the, the locals love it too. Like, that's what it's all about. You can walk to the footy or you can just, you know, drive 10 minutes and, and do that. And, and it's your local team. Uh, and I just feel like there's a lot more passion behind it rather than, you know, we used to play um, the Cowboys, for example, out at um, Homebush. And there'd be six, seven thousand out there, and it'd be dead. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Go just down. yeah, it's it's just a bit like although you're not, you know, you're worrying about the game and that, you still the fans make it. Like you feel and you feel the you get the energy from them. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm big fan of suburban grounds for sure. I'd take that over Absolutely. over the big ones any day. And you try and kick the ball onto the train track for sure. Well, that's right. They'd, they'd have yeah. the net there. You'd still try to go over it for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. That was in his thoughts every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a nice little comment here, uh, rugby league, in my opinion. Uh, we've actually spoken about this on the interview that I had with you a few months ago. If you haven't already, please go check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Trent Hodgson simply does not get the recognition he deserves for literally winning the series for New South Wales with his try and goal in the game two of 2014. You're an absolute legend. So. Nice little bit of love there for you. But I really want to start to sort of move this over to this week's game. And 
I want to ask you because we've obviously seen Reese Walsh at the moment for the Broncos in sublime form. I think he's the best player in the competition at the moment and he's just got some freakish skills about him. You got to play with a player that was quite similar at the same time and probably helped the Bulldogs do a lot in Ben Barber. What's it like playing with those players? Is it simply give him the ball, let him do what he has to do, or is it you're in charge of you, you know for a fact I'm going to make sure our forwards do the job so I can get this guy into doing what he's been doing all year? Yeah, um, pretty much what you first said, mate. Just give him the ball and let him do what he's got to do because when they're in that purple patch like that, there's nothing that can stop him. Like, it's just ridiculous. I remember Benny, we went up and played in Mackay um, and it was 91 metre drive. I think the Melbourne Storm kicked it into the back, the grubber. It was going to be a repeat for all money. And he took about three blokes in the end goal and then ran. And anyway, Joshy Morris scored up the other end of the field. But Reese Walsh, he's in a, in, you know, a purple patch of his own at the moment. So you just got to let him do what he what he wants to do. You know, I know he's a young guy, but at the same time, yeah, you got to keep him level-headed. And, and Adam Reynolds has got to, you know, feed him the ball when he thinks is right and, and you know, um, control him to an extent. But at the same time, you've got to find that happy medium of just saying, just go and do your thing. The more time you get your hands on the footy while you're in this form, the better the team's going to be, you know. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, stick to the structures and stick to – um, the game plans and don't go too far out of that. But um, he's also, yeah, got to do what he sees. Like the other night, you know, and, and the commentary said it, you know, through that intercept, he could have just went into a shell, but the type of player he is and the confidence that he has at the moment, um, he just got his hands back on the footy and did it again. You know, any a lot of players would have shied away from it and just sort of trickled back into the game 10, 20 minutes later. But um, yeah. Reese, when Reese, when, yeah, when you got that confidence behind you at the moment, as I said, mate, you, um, you got to get your hands on the footy as much as you can. And I think that's a big focus, no doubt, that Penrith are going to have. I'm, I'm interested to see if Penrith um, can sort of slow him down or shut him down, you know, where do Brisbane go next? Because, you know, a lot of their spark and stuff has been from Reese's out the back um, and his speed, getting that three on two. Um, you've got, you got Ezra Mam Ezra Mam and, and, and Reynolds there as well. But um, I just think the Broncos... Um, you know, basis and their spark at the moment, definitely comes off Reese. And if anyone can do it, it's Penrith, that's for sure. And I know um, Luai's come back from that shoulder uh, injury, so this will be a big test. I don't think Melbourne – Melbourne went at him a little bit, but they didn't at the same time. So uh, I no doubt I think Brisbane are going to really, really try and trust him out. And, I mean, it's, I, I still don't – can't understand how he's back so soon. From If, if it was, you know, um, an injury like I've had shoulder – not um, injuries before and, and dislocations, and I, I sure wasn't back in two to three weeks. So um, hats off to him, and um, you know to get through that game last week, and and hopefully um, you know he can uh, he can put in a good performance for Penrith this week. Then it's going to be a good test for both sides. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you touched on it perfectly. The sorry, Adam. The um, the matchups across the field are just. That's what we want in a grand final. Like we've got one v two, but you look at the halves; they're both in mm. career best form. Some would argue um, the fullbacks are going to be very exciting. But then the forward pack, the forward pack is what excites most of us rugby league fans. To see those guys go head to head is going to be outstanding. Um, how how as as the halfback, how do you control your pack to make sure that they are sticking to the game plan and not yep. getting carried away in the big moment? Yeah, I guess, I guess um, you would just got to trust in in uh, you know what we've done that week, uh, our structures and 
you can definitely go away from it and let the game get, um, you know, get away from you and get a bit too excited and get the, let the moment get the better of you. Uh, big crowd, grand final, you know, there's a lot of tension out there. I think if they just stick to what they've been doing uh, that got them there, which is simple to say, um, then they'll be okay. But the forward battle is going to be unbelievable. Like you said, I, I had a look over the teams again today and it's just you cannot, you know, divide them in any way. Um, yeah. You know, Brisbane's packs just, yeah, they're, they're going unbelievable at the moment, uh, led by Haas and Carrigan and Flegler. He was outstanding last week, wasn't he? He was just, you know, post-contact metres and then flat offload too. That's going to be big, I think. I think, you know, a lot of teams can, can go um, – you know, go into the game and, and work on, you know, get through the sets, get through the set, set for set mentality, whoever breaks early. I think the offloads are going to be a big key in this this um, weekend's game because most teams can defend the structure. You know, a lot of teams run very similar plays, but it's off the cuff footy where, um, you know, you, you least expect it and you've, you're bouncing off the line consistently and then you're on the retreat, they've put a late offload on and then you've got to come back and make that extra effort. You can't really, you know, train for that too much, so... Um, both teams can throw an offload as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting clash up the middle. And I was glad that I wasn't involved in too many of those middle um, clashes. I was just hanging out the back as a half and pointing my finger and, um, yeah, kicking the ball out. That's how Adam plays his footy too. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right. No, I'm a, I'm a forward. I, I get involved. Um, look, <laughs> sorry, you're throwing me off what I was going to ask now. And it was obviously, oh, it was about Penrith. Look, as a retired player, um, look, we're obviously all older now. Um, I'm 32, and you sit back and look at the, the young Penrith players and a bit of the way they carry on. And I want to get your opinion because there's so much of it in the media about the smugness of Penrith, things like I think people just hate winning cultures. Um, you play with probably two of the biggest pests in the game in Michael Ennis and Josh Reynolds. <laughs> so there's no doubt about yeah. that. No yeah. one's going to deny that. I don't think Trent's going to sit here and deny that. They, no, they got other people's skins, but you very rarely read articles about the things they did. What's your thoughts on the Panda players? Do you think they take it too far? Is there a reason people hate him? Or do you reckon they're just enjoying that winning culture that they've created, really? Or I think they're just, just an era. Yeah, I think they're just enjoying, like, <laughs> enjoying winning together. Like, at the end of the day, you, you play and your most enjoyment comes when you're winning footy games and your confidence is high. And I think you need a bit of confidence to be successful. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a fine line between, um, you know, cockiness and arrogance. I think you need that confidence. Um, I think you need, um, yeah, to have fun. And I think they're doing it. Don't get me wrong. You can easily look from outside in and go, oh, these blokes are carrying on. Look, here we go again, blah, blah, blah. But until you, uh, until you know the guys and I, probably guarantee they're probably legends of guys. It's just like Grubby and uh, Mickey Ennis, like you touched on. Outside in, everyone hated them. They're the most, you know, um, down-to-earth guys. They do a lot for the the charities. They're the, Mickey Ennis is the biggest family man, you know, I know. Uh, Joshy Reynolds, he loves going out and doing stuff with the kids and, and giving back to charity. But, you know, when they're on the footy field, it brings out that grubbiness in them and, and they play to that and it gets under people's skins and that was a tactic of theirs and it was successful at doing it. So, um, you know, I've met a lot of guys over the years um, during and post-footy that I thought, oh, this bloke, he's, you know, he's a carry-on, he's doing this and that. I go and meet them, the nicest blokes ever. So um, to answer your question, I think they're just enjoying it. I don't think um, too many people outside of uh, Penrith fans enjoy watching it. So, um, but... <laughs> 
when you're winning games, hey, it brings the attention and I think they're playing to it a bit um, and it's their way of saying, you know, um, rubbing it in a bit, I guess. Absolutely. Who do you think has more pressure on them coming into the weekend though? Penrith going for three in a row or the Broncos uh, with all of Queensland on their back and mm-hmm. what, what they've achieved this year? Hang on, hang on, hang on. James. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. The other Anyone that doesn't go for Penrith is going for Brisbane. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. Uh, every other fan base going for Brisbane. It was the Warriors, but now it's Brisbane. Yeah, it was the Warriors, wasn't it? Um, the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, I heard today that um, a modern, and I know he's an ex you know, Broncos player and everything, but you know, the King Wally Lewis was saying that the Brisbane Broncos have no uh, no pressure on them at all on the Panthers, but I'll, I'll disagree there. I'll say I, I think Broncos have the most pressure on them, eh? Um, Penrith have they've kind of um, cemented their, you know, themselves into history now. Yes, they go on to three, three premierships in a row, and that's fantastic. Um, and that's probably what they want to push, but Brisbane... Um, you know, the, the year they've had, and I was saying about the purple patches uh, of Reese Walsh and a lot of players in that side, are they, you know, are they going to get there again? It's hard to get to a green final, you know. So I could be talking to you again in a couple of years and going, <laughs> Brisbane have just won, the, you know, the last three grand finals. But I think Brisbane, to answer your question, have the more pressure than Penrith. I think they both have pressure on them, for sure. But I think Brisbane have more pressure than Penrith. I agree, and it's just because they have the the expectations of the world on them, apparently, yeah, according yeah, to one of our fans in the chat. <laughs> Look, I think um, in 20 years' time, we're probably going to sit back and appreciate, I said this a couple of weeks ago, appreciate how good this Penrith team actually is. That's not mm. something we're probably going to do now. Um, as you've obviously realised, me and Joel are both Parramatta fans, so we're probably still a bit bitter, um, a little bit sad still from last year, definitely this time of year. <laughs> but I think in 20 years' time, I've got one more question for you. Um, yep. Do you know a Nicola Wardell, or is he ne- never heard of him before? Or who? Nick- Nicola Wardell. Wardell. Do you know him? I I possibly do. Is he sending a question? Has he? Oh mate, he, oh, he's, he's, he's giving it to you in the comments. <laughs> absolutely. Give if you flick across on your screen where it says private chat and it says comments, he hasn't stopped. Where do I go there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Eight, eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> just want to make sure you oh. know him. <laughs> He's been yeah, right. Up. Just just ignore that, mate. He's uh, is he's, that uh, Josh Reynolds? <laughs> is that Josh Reynolds in disguise? Yeah, it might be. How many has he got? Um, wow, he's got a few there. Uh, Trent, I know I, I we've gone way over the time I asked you for, so if you do need to go, I understand and. We'll get into the preview now uh, with the NRL side of things. But if you do need to go and family duties or anything, I'm happy for you to, if you need to, that's all good. Yep. No, no worries, mate. Yeah, well, um, thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate your time. Um, i got one more question for you, which the fans have, uh, a couple of fans have mentioned now. And I, was, I do want to ask you about that New South Wales win uh, in 2014 and the emotions behind it and, the pressure you felt uh, leading up to it. I know we've already sort of spoken about it and I know you've said having players like Josh Reynolds with you helped a lot with that. Just want to let the viewers know that are watching about that time and, and breaking the streak. Yeah, about, about the origin. Yeah, yeah. That, that year, yeah. Mate, it was, um, yeah, it was awesome because, 
um, yeah, got to do it with Josh and uh, both Joshes actually, and then T Rex was in the squad as well. Um, so we had a few Bulldogs there, which um, sort of made uh, you know my entrance into the team a, a lot more comfortable because there was a lot of guys there that had been there for plenty of years, and um, you know they had gone through a lot of hard times and. Yeah, to, to just get there and get the opportunity, mate. I, did I think I was going to play Origin? No. Nah. I knew Mitchell was there and I knew Mitchell was young and I thought he was going to be there for, for a long time. So when my name did get tossed up, um, you know, I was pretty taken back and, um, yeah, it was it was, a, it was a special moment. But to, to, to sort of get chosen and, um, you know, be, be sort of eight years um, down in, in – um, you know, losing and have a bit of pressure put on you, especially as a half, as, as um, in the history of New South Wales halves, there's a lot of a lot of pressure on them, and um, you know, a lot of them are in and out. So, um, but it was funny because I didn't really feel that a whole lot. Um, we were lucky enough to go up to uh, Coffs Harbour in the camp, and we bunkered down there because usually they do it at Coogee, and um, and we went up to Coffs Harbour that year, and it was it was really cool because. I remember asking, might have been Lukey Lewis or something, and they, I said, you know, what's the best way I sort of should, you know, prepare about this? And he goes, mate, don't pick up the newspaper, don't pick up um, your phone, just turn the TV off and just focus on footy for this week, you know, week and a half. And I did that, and um, I knew nothing that was going on in the world. <laughs> so it was good. And then, um, yeah, just the experience of playing with those players as well and the relief that they had after we won the series was pretty special because um, – yeah, it had been a long, long eight years for him. And I was talking to um, Robbie Robbie Farrell last night, actually, and he said that, um, you know, it's almost 10 years coming up. It'd be good to do a reunion. And I said, oh, that'd be unreal. You know, it'd be pretty special to – and it, I know it's, you know, yeah, we won an origin, and but it was just sort of the lead-up and the relief that the boys had gone through, um, the pain over so many years that it just made it that more special. Um, kind of felt like a grand final in a way, but – um, yeah, they'd worked so hard for it, and uh, I was lucky that to get the opportunity and, and play along, alongside some really, really greats of the game. It was good. Yeah, I, I really appreciate. Relieved, it was a whole state. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. No, it was good. It was good times, that's for sure. So um, I'm very, um, very honoured and lucky that I got the opportunity. I remember you mentioned to me as well uh, the other month that you and Reynolds actually had a bit of a chat at the start of that week as well. Sat down and basically said we, we're ending it at the. This is the the year we're going to end it. So I think yeah. that was sort of the mind frame that, that you guys needed, and you just ran with it. Yeah, and I think at the time too, the Bulldogs were sitting top of the ladder, so we were pretty confident um, in our game. And Laurie was big on combinations because he had James Maloney and Mitchell Pearce previously, so. Um, you know, when we got the opportunity to work together, it made it – we felt a lot more comfortable. And, yeah, we, we roomed together and we walked into the room and we dropped our bags and we sort of just looked at each other in disbelief, like, are we are we here? You know, like – and then we sort of said to each other, we go, uh, we could do something special here, man, and we're like, yeah, let's just – let's enjoy it. Let's bunker down and, and not take this for granted. And, and lucky enough, um, we played a part in, um, in the team, you know, because – like I said, majority of that team had been there for a long time and we were two, you know, a couple of new fellas coming in trying to um, essentially um, steer these boys around the paddock, you know, and um, 
yeah, it was. I remember Laurie just saying to me, mate, um, you know, you need to be, you're here because you're calm, okay, like, yeah, you in pressure moments. That's what we need. We need you to just do your job and um, get us around and kick the corners and simplify your game. But we know you can do it because that's the type of player you are. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. It was good. It was good memories and it was good times. And hopefully we can have that next year, that big catch up and enjoy it again. Yeah, get us a plus one. We'll we'll be there for League of Inches and represent as well. So uh, you've been very you've been very calm with us tonight as well. Really appreciate it. Just before you go, just let us know who you think wins on the weekend. I think um, I think a tight game. Hey, I think Penrith uh, twenty to eighteen. Um, I think um, yeah, I think it's just going to be back and forth. Two best sides, like we said before. Uh, go on. Going at it, I don't think there's going to be too much of a blowout. I think it's going to be quite close. Um, I think, you know, three converted tries and then Penrith, you know, they, they separates it with a penalty goal um, late, I reckon. So Brian Toll, first try scorer, and Isaiah Yo, I reckon Clive Churchill in the middle. I reckon the workhorse will get it over the line. Get around it. Trent, thank Love you it. very much. We will let you go. Uh, we'll continue, guys, and just put through our – um, NRL grand final predictions. But yeah, Trent, once again, thank you very much. You're part of the furniture now at League of Inches and I really appreciate you and the time you, you give us. No, I appreciate it, boys. Um, enjoy the week and all the best. Speak soon. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, again, that was amazing to have Trent once again has come on. Uh, if you haven't already, please go ahead, listen to the interview I did with Trent. It was a couple of uh, months ago. Just go on to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You just type in Trent Hodgkinson, it'll, it'll come up for League of Inches. It was a really good chat, and he speaks a bit more in depth about that Origin series and a few more things that have gone on in his playing career and being cut short and, and things like that, injuries and, and the like. But let's keep going, boys. I want to know about, and if you're still with us, thank you, really appreciate it, and really good to hear from, as I said, the current players, past players, and here at League of Inches, we're going to do a lot more of that in the off-season as the like. So please stay around. Sweet. We're loving the support. Boys, I want to know about the um, the Broncos. I want to know a weakness. Um, what have you seen uh, in their weakness at the moment and where you'd target? I didn't oh, even hear sorry. your question. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, I, I felt that same fire. thing. I, I didn't say it. Um, I was going to say it's going to be interesting finding a venue where everyone can make that reunion, but I decided not yeah, to. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to be um, one short. Yeah, for sure. What'd you ask, Joel? Yeah, what was your question? Where's your what's your weakness for the Broncos? What what's something Panthers can exploit? I'll I'll, I'll let you guys calm down. I'll go just the edge defense we've seen on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the press that they're, they're pressing, but there was a few times on the weekend they didn't time it properly, so the Warriors were able to easily go around that and, and score in the corner. That's just something they need to be careful of because I've seen Tao obviously and Enter River can really exploit that and score some spectacular tries. You nailed it. It's to defence. Um, yep. Look, it's Penrith would have been licking their lips on the weekend watching that game. Uh, it's something I'll definitely have to tighten up. But in saying that, I think Brisbane can can worry Penrith with the offloads. Um, we saw Parramatta obviously expose Penrith for that, and we saw Brisbane go through that period in that game against the Warriors where there's the offloads so unstoppable and um, against Warriors, sorry, yeah. And that, you know what I mean? You know what I was trying to say? It's, it's late. It's getting late. I've had to be serious for too long and I've had to concentrate for too long. But I, I, I think... This is where the best mean, Adam comes out. 
This is yeah, where the best version of Adam comes yeah. out, guys. The next 15 minutes is going to be, be great. But you're jumping ahead. I haven't asked you how Broncos are going to win no. yet. Yes, you got the defense as well. Yeah, it's the it's the sliding defense, the that the rushing out. I think Penrith are going to be too clinical when it comes to that. And hopefully the Broncos have done their homework and seen uh where they were pretty called cool, uh, like called out against um in that Warriors game. So you'd like to think that they have. Um, but you're right. I think Penrith can really squeeze that, put that spread on, and probably get around a couple of times. Uh was just he's too good, but the halves are, are where where the game's going to be won. Like the forwards will do their job, but I think the halves is where that's going to going to happen. And that's my signal for um, the fact Nathan Cleary's bombs. Um, we saw Reese. I thought you were wrapping me up. No, no, a little bit uncomfortable under some of the um, the bombs in regards to the weekend against the Warriors. So if the, Cleary gets hold of some of his torpedoes and they put a bit of pressure on him, it's really is a way to get Reese Walsh off his game. What about the weakness for the Penrith Panthers? Obviously, where they've been a juggernaut, we've spoken about that. For mine on the weekend, I'd be targeting uh, 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 Isaiah Targo. Uh, no, I've messed up here. Targo, uh, Tungo, sorry. Penrith Centre. Isaac. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Isaac Tungo. I'd be targeting him for sure. I think Olam sort of has come back and hasn't been great, let's be honest, all year. And he sort of showed him up there and scored that try. And a little bit weak. Um, I think his injury is still plaguing him. And we've spoken about Reese Walsh and how good he is on the edges with that speed factor. I think he can get on the outside of uh, Tungo there and really exploit that. So for mine, it would be that little edge uh, defense and that hole there that Tungo defends at. Yep, that was my point as well. And then I think directing some big boppers at Mitch Kenny and trying to tie him out in the middle, I think might create a, a, a couple of gaps or force a, an early interchange. Um maybe to, to bring Cogger on. But again, I think, yeah, definitely the, the center there. Try and try and exploit a few things. Penrith's Adam. weakness. Um, Lua's left shoulder, pretty simple. Um, but like he proved Trent it. Said, yeah. Like Trent said, though, that they didn't really run a lot of traffic at him the other day, did they, Melbourne? Uh, they really didn't have the ball to do it, to be honest. And they just seemed to target the other side. They did what I thought they'd do. They tried to work over Lua. Sorry, fuck. Work over Cleary. Um, yeah. Obviously, take the yeah. pressure off there, which is a smart tactic. But they just didn't have enough ball. So, um, look, Penrith's other weakness is, is probably the the fact that they don't seem to like when teams get into a grind with them. So, if a team can get into a grind with them, obviously, fool them with that offloads, and then the you know, I said the other day, Brisbane need to play that first twenty minutes. They need to learn from Parramatta's mistakes last year. Play that first twenty minutes. If it's nil all after twenty minutes, Brisbane are in the best spot to win the game. Because we know they can put on those attacking flares and start to buy those offloads, and Reese Walsh can just light them up. So, if Penrith go out and make the start they did last year, and Brisbane can't weather that, the game's over by the twenty-minute mark again. Yeah, uh, strengths for the Broncos. Look, I've, I've literally just written down Reese Walsh. Come on, um, I know there's a lot more to the Broncos game, but at the moment, I just think how good he's playing. We've heard Trent before when these players are in this sort of purple patch of form. You simply just give them the ball and they just create. And I just can't – being there at the game on the weekend, I just realised how quick he is. He is so good on on with his feed and he can get in in around gaps that are that small you just think are impossible to get around. So he's a live way. He's dangerous. He's the heartbeat of this team at the moment. He's bringing the energy. And I just think if the Broncos had to win this, it's off the back of a Reese Walsh performance of 
one of the great grand final performances, Jez? I think it comes off the back of offloads. So, again, bringing it back to that forward pack and, and seeing if they can get an arm free because that's when, as we saw in the game before, where Reese Walsh really just clicks into gear. Uh, it looked like he was disinterested out the back and then an offload, he springs in, scores or sets up that try. So definitely the offloads are, I think, where the game's going to be won and lost because just looking at the forwards, it's it's such a matchup. I think it'll also show a bit early how much Isaiah Yo ball plays to see what kind of way Penrith are going to go with the game. Um, I think if he tucks it under the arm and and runs it a little bit more, they might... Um, might show their cards there, but if he's if he's ball handling and passing, then it might again show that they're probably ready to put a bit of a spread on and and rather than working for that offload, it's the the classic hit and spin sort of take it to the line and and chuck it out the back. But I think the offloads are, are going to be where the game's won and lost. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, I pretty much touched on it. Really, <laughs> I pretty much answered it earlier. <laughs> I don't really have a whole no, lot well to say. Well, no, that's right. Yeah. Start us on Penrith, then. I'll let you start us. Um, well, what's Penrith's a, like, I kind of touched on the other day, like, obviously, Brisbane, like, yeah, their forward pack's obviously awesome. Um, but the way Reese Walsh was getting those quick play the balls, so that first one, the meters he was making, being that first, second defender every time, obviously, let Hassan carry him and Flegley get a roll. And so, um, if they can play that same game plan, but like I said, teams haven't always been able to do it against Penrith. They've got to stick to that game and stick to that game plan. So um, Penrith, look, they just—it's kind of what Olivia was talking about earlier. I said to her, like, it is a complete team. There's obviously some—you know—we're talking about the brilliance of Reese Walsh for Brisbane with Penrith. Yeah, we obviously Cleary gets mentions how good Cleary is, but they're such a good team across the board that no one really stands out. Um, and no one really stood out last year, I thought, on grand final day. Um, their forward pack was monstrous. And you can look at that for all their grand finals so far. Like, clearly gets the accolades. He's a seven. The sevens always get the accolades. But uh, I think their biggest strength is, based on last week, is James Fisher-Harris. Um, James Fisher-Harris in every grand final, every big game he's played. You, you talk about your players standing up in big games. You talk about your players going missing in big games. And he's one player that turns up in big games every single time. Uh, he'll be out. He'll have a target on Payne Hass. There's no doubt about that. So I think he just needs his other forwards to stand up just as much and they'll be right. So strengths all across the board. Um, you know, gone through their weaknesses. It's, there's not really much else. We, we're just this Penrith team we're used to. It's going to be very hard to beat. I think I'd, I'd put um, Brian Toto in that category as well, though, Adam. Like he, every single week, uh, does the, the hard carries out 200 metres yeah. easy. And I think... Um, yeah, he's definitely another one that will just step up in the big games. Always seems to. Did it in Origin as well. He he definitely doesn't go missing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'll put down, obviously, you mentioned pretty much everything already, but I just want to make a special mention on Isaiah Yo, who I thought last week had probably his best game all year. I think he has been a little bit below par for his standards, and I thought he really came back and helped Penners put on one of the masterclasses of all masterclasses for a Penners side last week. And, if he's in that sort of a form again this week, it'll make the job for the Broncos' defence so much harder because he was timing whether to ball play or, or just tuck it under and run really well on the weekend and had that balance really, really fine and uh, really, really well done. Just a special shout-out, obviously, yeah, to Critter, uh, who might be – oh, he looks like he's playing his last grand final this weekend as well. So yeah, thanks for playing, Andrew. <laughs> Um, you might want to give a shout out to Jack Cogger as well, who's probably playing his last grand final as well. 
Hey, we're in our we're in our period, mate. We're in our um, premiership window. I think the article said <laughs> premiership window. That's but also that's, if can you imagine if Brisbane and the Lions win? So Broncos Lions get up, yeah. mate. Brisbane's going to be the place to be. I'll be there. No worries, guys. I'll, I'll tell you this amount. I'll tell you this right now, and I don't want to bring it up now because it will go into a massive debate, and we're not going to be on it for that long, but. What I yes, experienced I on the bed should come back in the comp. Okay, sorry. No, hang on. What I, I was there Saturday, obviously, at the game. I went there quite a bit early. I was on the way through and just got dropped off there. And the town was absolutely buzzing. Like it was ridiculous. Up and the was. I, lo- <laughs> I love the experience of it all. It felt like a big game. It had that feeling about, like, I know with Sydney at the moment, it's hard to, a lot of people say it's hard to get to a core and things like that. And it's just, a headache and there's not much around but all the pubs the streets everything was just full of of mostly broncos jerseys to be fair but yeah it was a really great atmosphere and if if what you said does happen jez it'll be party for for a month it'll be crazy so um if it does as well they'll say rugby league's dead in new south wales so (laughs) it's all 50 50 is what i want to happen here let's get a predictions uh, your win, uh, whoever wins, your score, first try scorer, and your Clive Churchill. Gaz, I know you like going first for these things. Um, yep. All right. So, head or heart, that's the way you go. I'm going to go with Broncos to win. They're going to do it by two. It's going to be 12 10. Um, Player of the match is going to be Payne Haas. Or did you say Dally M? First try scorer. First try scorer. First try Um Katoni Staggs. No. Scratch Adam. That. Brian Toto. Brian Toto. Quite hope Katoni Staggs scores now. Um, look, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go Brisbane. It's going to be a very close game, very low-scoring game in that first half. I'm gonna, I reckon Brisbane is going to have one of those periods of dominance like they did the other day for about 10, 15 minutes, and apparently they're going to be shell-shocked. They're not going to know how to stop it. We're saying they don't know how to stop it. So I'm actually going to say Brisbane 30 to 16. So that's Brisbane 13 plus for those playing at home. Um, my first try score, right, look, I'm all about the forwards this week. I want the forwards to stand up. So I'm going to go another second rower in um, Jordan Ricky to score the uh, first try. And my Clive Churchill medalist in a beaten team, Matthew, no, I'm just joking, it's not going to be, that never happens. Um, look, Reynolds is obviously a big chance if they do it, um, but just sticking with the theme I'm going with is sticking to the forwards. I was going to say Payne Haas, but I give him too much credit. So I'm actually going to say Billy Walters. Um, just that special moment. Imagine that, father, son, son wins the Clive Churchill um, I'm going to even throw it in there. Last try scorer, Billy Walters. Last try scorer. Right. He's, he's getting the gold star today. Um, Is it true that if either Cleary or um, Edwards win, they're the first to ever win back to back, or or two? Sorry, to ever win two Clive Churchills. Yeah, I don't Not think there's something or something around that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Thanks. Let us I'm know. You send us I'm a message. Certain the Billy Slater won seven. They played in four grand finals, but <laughs> I think Tedesco just. Uh, I think Teddy got it actually. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got the Dallium as well. 
We um, I'm going the Broncos to win as well. I just really liking what I'm seeing from the Broncos. So we all go on the Broncos. Yeah, eighteen points. No, that calls for. Sorry, I've been First dying to press the buttons all night. <laughs> First try scorer. Um, in a tribute, he's a, he's a big game, especially he scored in the last, I think, three grand finals. It's his last grand final, Stephen Crichton, to step up on the big stage and get Penrith off to a good start. Clive Churchill. I know a lot of people will be looking at Reese Walsh um, to do the masterclass, but I think a lot of people don't realise the amount of work that Adam Reynolds does for this Brisbane Broncos team as well. And I think if they are to win, uh, it'd be back off the back of an Adam Reynolds kicking masterclass and organisational masterclass. So I think Adam Reynolds would get the Clive Churchill. That Wouldn't is that be all... a nice like middle finger to South Sydney as well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, which I think we can all get behind. If you're the Broncos, don't you send the South Sydney then like a, a Christmas gift or something? Just a little bit of a a thank you, but a little rub in the face as well. Yeah, send them a nice box of wine to say thank you very much. Yeah. On that, thank you, guys. Hope you really enjoyed this episode. It was great to get some expert opinions, and I'm not talking about us three either. So um, get around the grand final. Massive day on Sunday. It's it's my version of Christmas, basically. I, I can't wait. Uh, it's a massive day, eating, drinking, whatever else you do, and we're just watching all three games of football. Um, enjoy. Thank you once again for supporting the page, the channel. If you do have any other plays you want to see come on from the women's or the men's side of things, just let, just message the page. We'll do our best to get uh, whoever we can on, and uh, there'll be plenty of interviews uh, in the off-season. So we'll be back for a grand final preview next week. We won't be doing our preview show on the Sunday, obviously, because grand final. We're going to preview. We're going to preview the grand final next week. We're going to preview. Oh, sorry, preview. I reckon it's been a long um, episode. Of, uh, yeah, look, I just want to just quickly touch on as well uh, the main game on Saturday. Um, I've got Lions 88 over Collingwood 67. There's been a few comments in the thing there. So no one's going Collingwood. And Collingwood 67. Brisbane really has everyone on their back, don't they, in AFL as well? Yep. Beep him out while he's talking about that crap game. So um, <laughs> thank you, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, love it. And thank you for the support. So enjoy Sunday. Good luck to both the women's and the men's in the grand final. Go the Newcastle Knights and go the Brisbane Broncos. For listening, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Plenty more where that came from. Just make sure you go and scroll through. Check out our weekly game day previews. We've also got some NRLW content as well. Good ways to just support the page. If you haven't already, just go and support our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. Go and give us a like, follow, uh, however it works uh, for the channel that you're on. Um, Give YouTube uh, a follow as well to make sure you get these live shows. Same with our Facebook page as well. And then obviously podcasts. So Spotify and Apple, give us a, a like and a follow goes a long way to support the page. And if you want to do a monetary um, support, there's some hats available in white or navy blue. Thank you.